Three shots, four part, I just do two. One pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo. New driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you finna do? Think I'll try to get on into Stop right, good line, good view, it drew. Shoot him, McGavin, two thumbs that's up high and two fingers pointed. The green jacket is going north of the border. Mike Weir has won the Masters. Sometimes these part three look like an island. I plunge in and keep it on dry land. At least I'm a try man. I up with the five and might use the trap man. I got a check man. Last thing no ball speed. Rate of that bass man. And where that ball land. Watch that's on my hand. Hello, friends. Welcome to On the Screws podcast. <laughs> this week is a pretty cool episode. I've uh, got a personal friend of mine and uh, one of the guys I golf uh, most with, Chef Mike McKay from 3-6 Kitchen and Lounge. So we're going to talk a little bit about both. Uh, talk about golf, talk about his business, um, you know, being such a, a highly ranked chef and kind of having the fast hands and what that does for his, his golf game and to ruin his golf game. So how are you doing, Chef? I'm great. Great. How are you? Good, good. So I call him Chef known him since i was in high school for anybody listening his name's michael mckay um owner and executive chef as you can see at the bottom if you're watching on youtube of three six kitchen and lounge so um you were a red seal chef at the age of 19 you opened this place up six years ago now it's like almost exactly six years ago okay and uh doing what you can to thrive through this pandemic and uh yeah so when when you kind of get into that sort of culinary work like you you've you've golfed for a while like we golfed back in high school a little bit you were on the high school golf team yeah i mean that was probably just a way to get out of class and a free round of golf more than uh exactly shooting exactly. 100 and whatever it was i don't know but <laughs> so so now you're you've become like a pretty good golfer like you and i are golfing quite a bit we're you know both probably single digit high single digit handicaps and like you were saying, you're working on your golf game a lot in the uh, in the off season. So, being a chef, how did you kind of can you use anything that you do in your profession or that you've learned in your profession with your golf game? I, I, you always tell me, and I have a lot of people tell me I have fast hands, whether it be at baseball or like with golf. Um, I'm not sure it helps me too much, to be honest. I mean, I've been able to make it work with my irons but uh it does not something does not jive with my driver and my hands and i just uh it's been a struggle and i am working on my game like you said uh trying to slow things down actually i think just the fast pace like being in the culinary being in the kitchen like go 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 i think i need to like and when i'm on the golf course just kind of like take a step back and slow it down a little bit doesn't like then I think has to be out in a you know a minute. So like, yeah, you got no, four I, hours. I, I was well. That's the thing. Like, and, and even so, like with golf now, we're not getting rounds done in four hours anymore. No, like not anymore. Five, five and a half hours. Like it's it's crazy. So, but you're you're a member at Quartha, so I'm sure that they're uh, you know that's a highly ranked top 100 course in Canada. Stanley Thompson Design. It's been around 100 years plus years. Hopefully they're keeping things going. So, but let's let's kind of round off the part about uh, you know your profession. You're a chef. You won every Reader's Digest Award in Clarington, um, owner of 3-6 Kitchen and Lounge, and we both got married here. We both married our wives here, which is pretty amazing. We did, yeah. Yeah, so um, you and Brianna back in May of 2015? It was July. So we July. opened in May of 2015, and we got married in July of 2015. So right. It was, a, it was a 
I know that is busy a 20- few months for I th- me. I think it was the twenty fifth, right? Twenty fifth. Yeah, because yeah. uh, another friend of the podcast, Kirk Brownell, one of our other golfers, got married on the same day. Yeah. So I was I was at his wedding as well. So. Um, and then yeah, my wife and I uh, just a couple years ago in April, which is uh, really cool. So if you're in the area, if you're in the Clarington area, um, stop by three six Kitchen and Lounge. Um, he also sponsored our first giveaway um, that we did on our Instagram page. So uh, go over, check out our YouTube, or I'll put a link with their website in. Uh, in the bio so make sure you you go over show some support support local it's really important right now so everything's takeout when you're hearing this and uh we're recording this the wednesday before the masters so speaking of uh, slowing things down that's a really good segue for me my first pick is going to be sunjay m so sunjay last year was uh his debut was a t2 at minus 15 so it was kind of crazy. Um, he just kind of came out of nowhere. I think he'd won the Honda before uh, leading into it. That, that probably wins it most years, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's a great score. He's got probably the lowest scoring average of all time, playing only four rounds there at, like, 68 and a quarter. But, um, yeah, he was the 2009 Rookie of the Year. He's got a 66 at Augusta. Um, and, yeah, 68.25 scoring average there, which is pretty cool. So I'm going to pass it off, off to Chef. Let's, uh, let's hear your pick. I'm sure most people are going this way. I'm going with DJ. I mean, I like the guy who doesn't. Yeah. It seems like he lives quite the uh, enjoyable life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is what is his 11th Masters here? Yep, 11th Masters. Made the yep. cut uh, every time, I want to say. I think he's made the cut every single time, yeah. yeah. So it's a safe bet. When, when he won last year, so he won last year in November, and they were saying the course was playing quite a bit different, a lot softer. Like So I was listening to Golf Talk Canada. Last week we had Bob Weeks on, which was amazing knows everything there is to know every golf stat and uh so they were talking a lot today about how the course was so much more or is so much more firm now and you know bryson was finding a way to say how that would work for him and i thought like if you couldn't find a fairway before how are you going to find a fairway now and then how are you going to hold that fairway like uh he was on the range like hitting balls like an absolute lunatic (laughs) as as everybody saw so um i'm curious to see how dj does because he is long off the tee he's quite straight um you know, he can hold the green. He's got good spin with his wedges, and he's actually a phenomenal putter, which not a lot of people really think that of DJ, but he No one else talks about it. Yeah, he is a phenomenal putter, and he's, you know, he's always just kind of tweaking small things in his game. He never, I know he had a couple blow-ups last year. You and I were messaging about <laughs> his, his, you know, dual 80s and, and, you know, thinking, is this the end for DJ? And then, you know, he rattles off, like, I think he went first, second, second sixth fourth first or something capping that off with the masters like not finishing outside you know sixth place in six straight tournaments it was it was pretty amazing so i'll i'll hop back into mine um everybody's favorite golfer justin thomas (laughs) (laughs) this is sixth appearance um last year is fourth fourth place in 2020 um he just won the players champ so he's kind of coming off a high he's got a not as good a scoring average as i typically would well, not that I would like to see or that you would see from some of the top guns at Augusta. It's 71 and just under 71 and a half. He's made all the cuts leading up into this event. So he's very consistent at Augusta. I think he's striking the ball really well. He had a couple issues like he had the, you know, the little slander at the beginning of the year, I think kind of set him back a bit. But he's talked about, you know, chatting with Tiger quite a bit 
they're very good personal friends. So he said he's been over there. Tiger, I think, lives in Jupiter. So been over there chatting with him quite a bit. So that's Looking my second his, thing. His golf trophies in his room there. Yeah. So, well, it's funny because <laughs> I guess what he was saying is he's got 15 trophies in his house, Tiger. And it's all of his major trophies. And JT was saying, like, where are the rest of yours? And he said... I have no idea. Like my mom has some, you know, there's, there's kind of some like floating around maybe at Charlie's bedroom or something like, but he doesn't know where the other ones are. And, and JT kind of thought like, that's crazy. I, uh, like this is just a pure winner and only these trophies matter. So only two guys on tour, him and Brooks Kepka are only playing for master or majors. Right. Yeah. So, so who you got next? I'm going to go with Spieth. I think he's you know, the hottest player in golf, man. Yeah. He finally got that win. You know, he's, back on top maybe you can build on that he's played the the course well i mean historically well, he's, so. yeah he's always played well at the masters i know he has a pretty low scoring average like it's under i think it's it's not in the 60s but he's like at 70 and a half a little bit under 70 and a half but. yeah so like that's that's a whole stroke better than jt right so and that's over the same amount of tournaments like he won back in 2015 i think that was his second masters um and he finished second in his first day in his debut so which is pretty amazing um yeah he's won a whole ton of money there knows the course well uh i don't think that that's a bad bet at all and you know he's riding hot so it's only been there's only been two players i know uh lyle was one of them and i don't know who the other player was that that have won the week before it hasn't always been the valero texas open but uh then have gone on to win the uh the masters so I, i'm not sure there's been two i know that there's been two i'm not sure who the other one is but uh so my top pick for this week is going to be uh xander shoffley so i've picked him a couple times each week probably you know the most consistent player on tour um back in 2019 uh so we all know who won that year, but he was tied for second. And, uh, yeah, he's made each cut at Augusta he's been in. Um, last year he's a T-17. So, again, T-17, I think he finished, like, minus, I don't know, 12 or 9 or something. Like, very good scores, right? So um, he's always in the, like, always in the Honda majors. He's never finished below, tied for sixth at a U.S. Open. Um, he's got a 65 at Augusta and a pretty low scoring round or scoring average of 70, just over 71. So I think Xander Shoffley, guy who wears out the fairway, um, we're going to get into another guy who does that, but guy who wears out the fairway, finds the green, and if the putter and the, the short game's there, I think he's going to be there on Sunday. So you want to round us off? You want to give us the last one? Yeah, the last one for me would be uh, Patrick Cantley. He's uh, always seems to be there. So, I mean, he had that amazing amateur career. He hasn't, you know, quite you know parlay yeah. that into uh professional success but he's got a few wins he's got top 10 at the masters i uh, shot a 64 there i believe is his low round i mean yeah could kind of put that all together i think too i don't know the year it's probably like i don't know 2012 or something he was a low amateur um i remember that like it was it was probably 10 years ago though so so that's it those are our picks uh we're gonna get into what you would call a couple sleepers so as everybody knows, the field is so strong at Augusta. There's there's no real sleepers. So the two names you're going to hear are both very good golfers. Uh, <laughs> one of them's even won there before. Yeah. One of them, this is his debut. So I'm going, I guess, off the board if you could call it. But the odds makers are actually not like they're they're giving him a lot of a lot of credit. Is Will Zalatoris? So top 50 golfer in the world. He's won on the Corn Ferry Tour. He hasn't won on the PGA Tour, but he finished. When Bryson won the U.S. Open last year, I remember he was kind of in the hunt there at the end. Uh, there wasn't many guys under par, so he was floating around there. I think he finished, like, tied for four or five, six, somewhere in there, somewhere in the mix. 
So I think if anybody's going to come out from those kind of like we're talking more kind of, I think he's just inside the top 50 in the world golf rankings, but some of those players who haven't been there before, uh, well, I shouldn't say that for yours, but some of the players who haven't <laughs> been there before or some of them who, who might not be, you know, prevalent in the masters now or in any of the majors now. Um, so th- that's my pick. Will Zalatora. So who you got? I don't know if you can call this like a dark horse, but I mean, Phil Mickelson. I, I, yep. I, who knows? I mean, the guy goes to the Champions Tour, and we just all start start calling him a dark horse. I, yeah. But I mean, there's no way the odds can't be in his favor. I mean, no, absolutely not. You know. Right? And he just like still he hits those high nasty bombs, but he has still one of the best short games on tour. Like, yeah. if I'm picking his iron game and short game, like maybe Morikawa is better. Like well, I guess there's better iron players right now, but short game wise, like probably like Patrick Reed. Like there's not many guys better than Phil Mickelson, even at this stage in his career. So put that ball in the water and I thought it was skip it. Check up too fast and I thought it was skip it. Go past the flag and I thought it was sick. I come ready with excuses, boy. I'm a quit. Not really sure why I started this here. I can't think of nothing harder than this. And the hours I hit, I get darker than this. Stay on the range till them targets get hit. Don't All right, so let's hop right back in and uh, let's chat about some of the Canadians. So we got three, uh, we got three horses in the race this weekend: uh, Corey Connors, Matt Hughes, and Mike Weir. <laughs> so let's just start with Mike Weir. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week on, on the episode, and like Bob Weeks said, Mike Weir's not going to win the Green Jacket. But what do you think, Chef? Like, uh, what's a, if you're going to give him a prediction, or as a Canadian? Like, he's an icon for us. Like, you know, you're a couple years older than me, but, you know, when he won the Masters, I was, I think, 16, 15 or 16. And I remember my brother and I, like, picking up our clubs. Like, we were playing all the time, but going out and, you know, we couldn't wait to, like, play the next morning and stuff, right? I remember following him and just even any tournament, alone like a major. I I came close at a a PGA championship, I believe. There was a U.S. Open. It was all kind of in that same, you know, couple years span. There were a couple close calls. Well, people forget he was, like, as high as I think fourth in the world at one point, like his world golf ranking got up there. Um, so if we're if we're going to feel good about where Mike Weir finishes this weekend, where where is that in your mind? I think it's a win if he makes the cut. Uh, that's yep. That's where I put it these days. I mean, what, what do you expect? What do you? I'm hoping he cleans up on the Champions Tour a little bit. It'd be nice to see. But uh, as far as you know, major tournaments, I think it's just. A nice to be there kind of thing. Well, so last year he made the cut. He finished fifty first or T fifty one. He was plus two, but he had he was four over on Sunday. So like with DJ and Sanjay, Cameron Smith, Abraham answered, those guys were blowing out the field last. Like it didn't even make sense in November. So mm-hmm. he was never like in the mix at all. But you know, you felt good. Like I think at one point he was going into Sunday in like the top thirty or whatever. So I agree. I would like to see him make a cut, which if you haven't seen any, or if you have seen some of the videos that he's posted recently, like he's in shape, like he's looking good, swinging the club well. He's had so many injuries and, you know, making the cut, I think we'd be very happy. Yeah. All right. So Mac Hughes, every week, Mac Hughes comes up and my name's Max. We talk about how much I like Mac and (laughs) talk with my hands right now. But uh, yeah, Mac Hughes is a top 10 putter on tour always everybody loves the way that he putts very consistent helps out a lot of the guys with their putting stroke he's only been in the masters once in 2017 and didn't fare too well 
like he's kind of slipped in his world golf ranking last year he made it in the FedEx Cup he slipped down to number 51 where do you think he's going to finish this week and and what would what would you be happy as as you know a fan seeing Mac Hughes where would you be happy seeing him finish I'd like to see him make the cut I mean a top 40 maybe I like would it... yeah like I think that that's very attainable um like I was saying so Putting is very important. So that's why Patrick Reed has a jacket here. That's how Jordan Spieth back in the day won a jacket here is, is putting. So being one of the best putters in the field will help him if that's, if that's you know, work if the flat stick's working. But his approach game has not always been great. He's not like our last Canadian in the field off the tee. Um, he's not as, you know, they're both above average in length, but he's not, you know, wearing out the fairway like Corey Connors is, right? So I think... Um, I think I'd like to see him do a little bit better, but being realistic, there's so many, you know, dogs in this race that are just going to pass him and he's going to have to look and, and hopefully compete with them. And that's about it. But our next guy and our last Canadian will be in the hunt. Like, I think we can agree he's going to be in the hunt. T10 last year. Um, he's been around Augusta. This is his fourth appearance now. He's climbing the world golf rankings up to number 43. Um, He's had a couple top five finishes this year already. So Corey Connors is one of those guys where if the putter is working, he is going to be just like last year. He's going to be there in the mix. So I think for me, I'll hop out in front and say this one. Like I, I think there is going to be a group of those like top elite guys, like we mentioned in our picks earlier. Sunjay, Cantley, Shoffley, Dustin Johnson, DeChambeau. There's going to be these guys. And then I think Connors is going to be in the mix. He's going to be that one guy that is kind of like an outlier that's right there. What do you What do you think? I, th- I don't think there's any reason he can't repeat a top ten finish. I mean, it It fits his game, right? Like, so he is one of the most consistent hitters off the tee. He's always finding fairways, and you know, finding the middle of the green. Unfortunately, that doesn't always do it at Augusta, and especially if it's playing as fast as they are. But yeah, I would like to see him kind of at least duplicate that top 10 before we wrap up this master's preview um i want to just hear one thing from an accomplished chef so i can honestly uh, i can tell you this is one of the best chefs in ontario canada wherever it is if you were going to the masters this weekend and you had you know two items that you could get like we're gonna get beers while we're there because we want the novelty <laughs> cups but if you could pick Two items off the menu. What are you gonna pick? I think I'd try the the pimento. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like when when Bob Weeks was on last week, he was saying that Lauren Rubenstein, <laughs> when they were there like twenty years ago, said you got to try the pimento cheese, and he said it was the first and the only pimento cheese sandwich <laughs> that he's gonna eat there. But um, he eats in between twelve to fifteen. Uh, Egg salad sandwiches. I would, I would get week. an egg salad as well. Yeah, so he was saying that uh, today he said he thinks that the final score, the winning score is going to be somewhere between, or well, they said right about minus 12, and he set the over-under at how many egg salad sandwiches he'll eat at 12 as well. So <laughs> I think I would, I would definitely go, I would have to try the pimento cheese, and I think I'd go egg salad as well because he was saying this year they have – t-shirts that you can buy or like sweaters or something with those two options so i just wanted to clear that up one of the hottest uh topics that you have to talk about when you're uh when you get a few moments to talk to such a good chef about some of the most basic food that you can uh you can make or eat so um let's talk about a little bit about rounds though before we wrap up 
you're a member at Quarta. Um, you had me out quite a few times last year. It was great. Uh, really nice course. It's like a top 100 in Canada. Stanley Thompson design. Yep. It's been around forever, and it's in Peterborough. Um, so, what? Before we kind of let's talk about our golf bags a little bit. But what is your favorite hole at Quarta? Favorite hole at Quarta would have to be. I love number 11. Yeah, the par, the par five. five downhill. You got to go over the creek. It's tough to. You, you got to bomb a drive to get there in two. And yep. it's tough. It plays like the second shot plays a bit longer than it looks. It's beautiful, beautiful hole. Well, because you're usually playing like a mid iron, like when I'm saying a mid iron, like you're you're playing a four or five iron to try and get there in two. Yeah. So for anybody who hasn't played there, there's like a ravine that runs through the front of the green. And your approach shot is like, say you're downhill. So say you hit your drive between 270 or if you're like Dougie and you're hitting at 320, you're, <laughs> you're still hitting like a long, a long iron in. So it's hard to kind of get the ball flight up high enough to get there in two. Um, so it's been a layup for me. That was uh, the first hole. Like you can see, that was the one I wrote down. And then of course, number 18, because it is one of the nicest looking par threes anywhere around here. So, um, it's got kind of like deep, like some of those bunkers got to be nearly 20 feet on the right-hand side. Yeah. So you're you're hitting over water. There's like a fountain. There's a the path to get up to the clubhouse on the right-hand side. A little bit and, of wind sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So a par there is very good. Our last round that we played, I didn't have a great round, but I ended off with a par. I was pretty happy with that. Um, and it's just like a nice finishing hole because I think we can agree, like number 17 feels like a hole that they just fit in, right? Like it's... And I believe that might be the, one of the ones they're getting they're, rid they're, of. Yeah, they're doing a little bit of uh, reconfiguring, not for this year, but uh, it's in the. I works could be though. mistaken. Yeah, but. I remember you said it, it's near the end of the back nine, and then we both really like sixteen. I like the way I'm a draw player as a lefty, and sixteen works out really well for my ball flight. I like it, um, and I think you mentioned that par three might be going too as well. I guess it'd be fifteen. Yeah. So. That one is just kind of a straightforward par three, and then the same thing with number seventeen is just a straightforward, three hundred yard par four. Might um, be, it might only be like two ninety too. Yeah, it yeah. Might even be less. Yeah, so it's it's kind of you know those are the two. I guess it would be fifteen and seventeen. Those are the two that you know I think the course if it's you know it's a top one hundred course if they were to kind of fix those two up like that's going to be a top fifty course in Canada. It's narrow, kind of Parkland style, um, tree lined. It's tight. It's not super long, but it's like your typical Stanley Thompson design. Yeah. And I think uh, number number seven is gonna need a little bit of a shout out too. The other the other par five on the on the front. It's, yeah. Uh, where you got right after that brutal par three. If you're playing from the back tees, you're like two forty. Yeah, and it's uphill, elevated. Yeah. Yep. It's 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 a poke for sure. Yeah. So I I like each time that we've played there, I've pretty much played the longest iron I have in my bag or I had a hybrid for a while. So I'll put a, like I'll put my uh, three hybrid and it'll be like six inches behind my back foot. And I'm like, just trying to like, like hit a stinger that I have no business ever trying to hit. And usually I like kind of top it, skull it, whatever you want to call it. And uh, hopefully roll it somewhere around 200 yards. And <laughs> last time I made a good chip in like a 15 foot putt for par. So I was pretty happy with that. And that, but, yeah, I've only played once, uh, when it's a bit drier and that that green was insane too yeah because it all kind of funnels back left to front yeah. right and then 
like it's a false front it just shoots right off the front right so number seven though is a beautiful hole so really when you think about it um the par fives those are some of the nicest par fives of any courses in the area mm. is it number four the one i hit that eagle on don't yeah. forget don't i know it's i know you were no, okay four. so number four yeah um I hit like a nice drive left hand side and then I think I hit like a six iron approach. It's not overly long, it's uphill and it was dry. Like it was middle of summer or late summer. And then uh, I had like a slippery putt. I remember I chugged like half a beer before the putt and just tapped it and it, uh, it found its way in right in front of the uh, the uh, beer cart too, which was pretty cool. So, um, But yeah, number seven, it's actually sort of laid out a little bit similar to number 11. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's got water in front. And it's long. Like, you can't get there in two. Like, no, you'd have to hit 320 off the tee, probably. Like, your playing partner, Doug, um, like, he gets there in two. Like, he finds the, only, part, you got, the yeah. only thing is on your second shot, it's a lot of carry, like, to get over it. Like, it is, and it's kind of narrow, too, right? So, if you're if you're playing, like, you're, you're probably playing your second shot from 230 or 240 out for most, which is going to be a three-wood, or... You know, or really, like, you're a long iron player, so I don't know if you're getting a three iron or four iron there. But it's narrow. Like, it's probably 20 yards. Yeah, and you have the eighth green to right to the left of it. Yeah. And some houses, so you can't. Yeah, you can't really. Yeah, you got to be accurate. So that eighth hole, short par three, kind of nice. It's like you go up, what, like 40 yards in the air, and then you hit a little gap wedge down or a pitching wedge, nine iron, something like that. It's nice after that number six, number seven. It's nice to... Yeah, a couple (laughs) punishing holes. And last year, I didn't think I had an ace, but I hit one close there. I hit it like two and a half feet, maybe a little bit longer. The greens had been aerated, and I missed the putt. And (laughs) at that time, so that was my low round of the year. At that time, I was, I think... I was one under or I was even and I missed that putt and then I bogeyed number nine and so I was even I, I was uh that would have put me one under so I was plus one on the front and uh yeah that that was my low round there I actually had a pretty decent back nine had a couple bogeys a couple birdies probably 10 10's a tough hole 10 plays like way longer than you would think probably two Up clubs the hill, yeah. yeah and that that's such a small green to land and you're probably hitting 180 out trying to stick this tiny little elevated green i think i actually started the back nine off going bogey bogey and then i don't know if i birdied that that long par three or i made like a nice par putt and then i birdied up that hard par four after so when you when you cross the the um when you cross the street there, driving up to the driving up to the clubhouse, it's got like uh, so it'd be number thirteen, mm-hmm. and it goes up to the right. So that actually plays with my ball flight as a lefty. I, I'm a draw player trying to get rid of this draw, but um, it's just not working. So I think I got to just stick with it. It's costing me a bit of yardage, but that's okay. Um, so it kind of goes around to the right, and then I I made a birdie putt from I think like ten feet or something. So that round ended up being my best round of the year last year. Is a 75 or a 76 or something? Um, but you had some rounds in the 70s. You got pretty low there. Not at Kawartha. Kawartha, for some reason, I just, uh, I think my best is probably like 84. I just, the first time I went there, it was a disaster. We went with a couple members, and I don't know <laughs> if I was just nervous or like it was. Uh, well, I settled down on the back nine from that eighth hole, actually. I ended up par in that. 
I settled down after that, but the first seven holes just destroyed me. And you play a power fade, right? Like a, so, so Sheffier's a very, very long iron player. He's long off the tee, but you sacrifice some of it with this power fade, right? So I say power fade to, uh, oh. you know, cause it's a, it's a boomerang. So at times, but we're getting there. You're working on it. And, uh, when you hit it straight, it's, you're hitting the ball 280, 290, 300 yards. So it, the course does not lay out for you well. No. It lays out for me well as, a lefty because I can play a draw and kind of cut a couple of the corners and just sort of lay, like I have a pretty straight ball flight off the tee, not at the start of this season, mind you, but so everything kind of funnels off to the left a little mm-hmm. bit, just does not do well. Like, so for you, you're trying to put things up in the air, put them over a tree and yeah, I get it. So it's just not the best, the best feel for a righty, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So let's, let's talk about the bag a little bit. So I know you, uh, You've got a friend who works like at TaylorMade and stuff, and you've been trying out a couple of different things. You've been at the simulator. You've been working uh, with Golf Tech this off season. So, so what are you doing? We don't we don't have to do all the clubs, but uh, what are you adding into the bag? So I have the uh, last year's Sim Driver. Uh, I just switched to the extra stiff shaft. Uh, it seems to be working out a little bit better for me. Uh, I don't feel like I swing the club that hard but uh, when you look at the numbers it's it kind of blows me away i don't feel like uh i guess going back to the quick hands or the yeah um and i have i don't actually have a three and a five wood i'm trying to that's my next purchase i okay. uh, i've never used them because like i said i do hit my irons pretty long but i think i i need to start hitting a three wood if i can't hit the driver just uh having that kind of fail safe in yeah. your bag right so uh, i think um like off the, off the tee, it's just one of those things where you, you have to have something to kind of fall back onto. And believe it or not, like I definitely hit my driver a lot more consistently than my three wood. So that's a club that I wouldn't mind changing in and out. Um, but yeah, the extra stiff shaft, I remember you going to that and saying that you like it. You gave me your, your extra shaft. So I've worked that in and out. It's a Ventus blue. And, uh, I play the M six driver still. And then I've got the hazardous project X shaft in it and it's so, I'm set up like I, I like that, but I could uh, I could definitely use an upgrade. So um, let's move down in the uh, into the irons or wedges. My irons, I have uh, Ping uh, the G Blacks. I had them fitted for me a couple of years ago. I think my game probably a little bit different now. Uh, I've always like I said, I've always golfed uh, since high school, but yeah. last year was the first year I would say that like I like. I don't want to say take it serious. I've always taken it seriously. I was the guy that went you know 20, 25 times a year. Last year I went 80 times. Like, yeah, that sounds ridiculous, but it was it was 83 rounds of golf. Like, so uh, f- for people tuning in, like, uh, sorry to cut you off there. So for people tuning in, when the restaurant opens up, definitely come check out Three Six Kitchen Lounge and talk to Chef about any sport that you possibly can talk about, <laughs> and uh, he will have some good some good uh, input on it. And one of the things I can say is like you're an extremely elite ball player, so. Uh, we played, you know, slow pitch baseball. You played baseball growing up, so um, you played on like, you know, high end provincial level like slow pitch teams. So I think that that obviously translated into golf as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so what about the wedges? So I have uh, a tailor made sixty degree. Uh, I just got, you know, and when I hit it nice, it's yeah, but. You know, if I, anyone that's hit a 60 degree knows what I'm talking about when you this is a high the miss toe? hits. Yeah, the high, the high toe. toe. Yeah. Uh, and I have, which my next upgrade is I have a 56. I have a victory red, like Tiger yeah. Woods from back in the day. I love that club. I've had it 
it's beat. Like it looks just like if you look at the grooves, or like no wonder you can't hit it now. But like it's just one of those things that is needs regripped, it needs re like surfaced, and you, so it's time to move on. But it's been I've had it for a long time, and I just it's treated me well. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Putter, you're rolling the spider. I got the TaylorMade uh, spider last year, and I've it's really helped me uh like the heavier putter has really helped me with the shorter putts i had a tendency to like just push everything to the left on my like five six foot putts and it really costed me uh i noticed like yeah. a big upgrade in your putting last year when you started rolling the mallet so a lot of people have said that right it's just very consistent and it's stable and mm-hmm. and uh like i can like i started rolling the uh i've always had like a kind of a heel hosel putter type like the odyssey nine and i'm playing the scotty cameron del mar same type of putter um I've got the 5054 58 uh, SM7 still in the bag and the uh, ZX 785. So that's last year's model of the Srixons. And then I've got the TaylorMade uh, M6 3 and uh, 3 wood and driver. Yeah. So I I like this setup. Like I'll probably upgrade a few things. I typically, like I've been playing the TP5X. Um, I'd given you some of the TP5s or X's I have, last I've been year. playing those for a while too. Yeah, so I like them. Um, like I had Mike from TXG on uh, a couple months back, and like he's <laughs> a big Strix on uh, the XV as well as the Pro V1X. So just finding one of those elite balls and staying with them is uh, is important. So I guess I, I recently acquired actually uh, the Sim driving iron or the UDI, like okay. the two iron. I was hitting it in my round this year because. My driver was just atrocious, and I yeah. just so my buddy said, "Here, try my two iron." I probably when I was lucky enough, I was with my friend who's tailor made rep. He has one of the, like you know the Russ rep Sotos. Okay, yeah. So we're on the course. He's setting it up. He's giving us our numbers. It was pretty cool. And like the courses are slow this time of year, so we're yeah. not we're not taking any extra time. But just carry. Yeah. I was uh, I was hitting you know two thirty two forty with this two iron. So if that nice. that can continue, that might uh, be staying in the bag. For Why? The other day, a couple days ago, I was playing with uh, a friend of the podcast, Golf with Greg, and uh, so if you're listening, go check out his page. Uh, pretty cool, uh, pretty cool guy. And I was atrocious at Keydrin. Like I, uh, like I had two two fairways all day. Started hitting the four iron off the tee, and I was like pulling everything, even with the four iron. So it was a rough day, but uh, yeah. Hopefully, um, you know, we're getting into Masters week now. This is kind of the official start to the Canadian golf season. So looking forward to kind of getting out. I like to go to the range. You're not much of a range guy, but I like to go and practice. I need to be this year. Yeah. yeah. I've been, like you mentioned golf tech. So I've started doing the lessons, uh, how that came about. Like my, my wife was, uh, she acquired a very nice set of, uh, tailor-made lady Sims. Yeah. <laughs> so, and she had never golfed before. And I said, if you uh, want to get into it, here you got the start here. So I bought her a driver for Christmas. I got her a nice tailor-made bag. And I was like, well, we're going for some lessons. So you know, it's better for her because she's starting from scratch. Yeah. For me, it's like I'm just thinking of the million things I did wrong before and now the million things that he's telling me to do. And it's like Trying it's to- actually improved my irons. And for some, and I've actually got a little more distance out of my irons. Not that I, that's, not, that's, that's not what I want. But yeah. uh, I've been able to get a little bit of the draw with the, uh, with the irons. It's been working well. But... Uh, I don't know what about this driver. I don't know what I'm going to do. But uh. yeah, you might have to go to like one of those draw-based drivers or something, or or just like set it way down. But um, thanks for uh, thanks for taking a few minutes here, Chef. I really appreciate coming on, talking the Masters. We're both huge sports fans in general, so easy easy chat. Um, 
Now, maybe you can tell anybody listening, uh, like I said, we're in the Clarington area. Where can we uh, find you? How can we get a hold of you if, you if we have any questions, like I know on takeout and stuff? So maybe just give us a brief update of uh, where to reach you. Yeah, so we're uh, downtown Bowmanville, 36 King Street East. Uh, phone number is 905-623-0377. Uh, that's how we take all of our orders right now. Uh, our menu can always be find, found on our website, uh, 36kitchen.ca. Heavily on uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. We post menus, uh, specials, updates, anything of that nature. Yeah, so come check us out. And I know you're always doing like uh, holiday specials, and you're always doing things to give back to the community and stuff. So it's it's always great. Love supporting the business, and like I said, I was able to get married here. Uh, graciously uh, opened up the doors for us, which was a really cool experience. So if you're in the area, please uh, do yourself a favor. Come by and check out 36 Kitchen Lounge and OTS Golf on Instagram or on the Screws Podcast, anywhere you listen to uh, your podcast. Thank you very much. Enjoy the Masters. I miss a fairway, I probably end up in the ocean or maybe the beach And I'm on a part five and I'm finna go reach it Second was blind, I ain't see it Feel like it might be an average, I was working scenario